In this episode of Pastor Brad Rocks, Joshua said to the people of Israel, choose you this day whom you will serve. As for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. What does it mean to live for the Lord? Man, I'm so excited about the song I get to share with you today. It goes right along with what we're talking about, and it's called, I'm going to live for the Lord. It's all coming up, man. You ready? Let's do it. Hey man, it's Pastor Brad here, your 80s heavy metal, head-banging, Jesus-loving online pastor. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Pastor Brad Rocks podcast. Hey, wherever you happen to be listening to this episode, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. If you're enjoying these podcasts, whatever platform you happen to be on, if you can leave a thumbs up or a comment or share this episode with a friend, that would be awesome to help the audience grow. God bless you, man. Thank you in advance so much for that. And now... Let's move on to the point of today's podcast. Man, today we're going to talk about what it looks like to live our lives for God, for His glory, for His honor. Jesus said, let your light shine before men so that they'll see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. What does that look like? How do we do that? Here's what the Bible says. Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And he went on to say, this is the greatest commandment of all. Okay, what does it mean to live for the Lord. We're going to break that question down. We're going to look at each phrase, live for the Lord, and kind of examine that. See what the Bible says, because that's a loaded question. When we talk about living, we're talking about what we do, the way we conduct ourselves, right? The, the decisions we make, our attitudes, our motivations, all of those things. So when we say, I'm going to live, it's like, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to go about life. The Apostle Paul said a couple of things that really speak to this idea of how we should live our lives. In Romans, he said, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's Romans chapter 12, verse 2. So think about this. You don't do anything in life that you don't do in your body. How you treat people, what you do in terms of work, the attitude you have, the speech that comes forth from who you are, everything you do, do it from a place of sacrificial surrender to Jesus. And then in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Paul reflecting on his life and the way he was living it at one point in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, and this is my paraphrase of it, he said, listen, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live surrendered to the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. So Paul said, look, it's not about me, man, anymore. It's all about Jesus, because I want to live for the Lord. And then we come to the word for, to live for the Lord. I think of this word in terms of our focus. I'm living for this purpose. I'm living with my heart and mind and, and desires all bent toward this thing. I want to glorify this. I want to honor this person, right? I'm living for God. Bob Dylan had a great song years ago called, You're Gonna Have to Serve Somebody. He said, listen, it might be the devil and it might be the Lord, but you're gonna have to serve somebody. And what he's saying is, listen, we all bow the knee to somebody. Maybe we make ourselves a God. Maybe we make our work a God, but whatever. But you're gonna have to serve somebody. And of course, the call of the gospel is to take yourself in this world off of the throne of your heart and put Jesus there and live for 
Him. The next word in that phrase is the, the Lord. In other words, there's not the Lord's, there's not a bunch of gods, there's one God. The very first of the Ten Commandments is that you shall have no other gods before me. Playing second fiddle is not an option for God, okay? He is number one. He is the king of all kings. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, which means to make the number one priority of your life living out God's ways and living for God's glory. Idolatry is a very subtle thing because it can creep into your life without you even knowing it. Anytime an activity, a thing or whatever begins to infringe on your loyalty and your surrender to God, you start compromising your your complete surrender to God in order to do this thing or whatever, uh, that's starting to creep onto the throne and edge God off. And we have to be really sensitive to that. Say, God, help me to never let anything, even you don't share the throne with anyone, God. You are squarely seated on the throne of my heart and nothing else is even a close second to you. I'm going to live for the one and only God, the God who spoke the cosmos into existence, the God who brought forth the nation of Israel from one faithful man named Abraham, the God who brought his children out of bondage, crushing Pharaoh with those 10 plagues and split the Red Sea and allowed the Israelites to walk through on dry ground. And when the Egyptian army pursued them, he crushed them in those waters. The the God who gave Israel his law on Mount Sinai and said, this is who I am. This is what it means to walk in covenant relationship with me. And I'm going to provide a sacrificial system for you because I know that you're broke and I know that you're weak, but I'm teaching you what it means to walk in my ways. I'm going to give you priests so that you can begin to understand what it means to have a mediator, someone who represents me and ministers to you and reflects my ways to you. And all of that, including what you're going to learn through the prophets and all the over 300 messianic prophecies I'm going to give you in the Old Testament, all of that's going to lead up to the to the arrival of Jesus Christ, who's going to be the fulfillment, who's going to be the ultimate high priest, who's going to be the ultimate sacrifice, the Lamb of God, who's going to lay his life down and shed his blood for your sin and then they're going to bury him and he's going to rise and he's going to conquer death, hell and the grave and he's going to crush the head of Satan for all who will believe and then he's going to ascend into heaven and just like the angel said on the day that Jesus ascended into heaven to his followers who were standing there watching him go listen, what are you doing? Standing here, get about your business. He, He had just given them the great commission. Go share with the world about Jesus because this Jesus is coming back for you someday. Read the book of Revelation especially the last couple chapters. It is awesome. He's coming back. That is the God. That is the God who we serve, man. The only God. And then the last word in that phrase is Lord. There are a couple ways you could take this. You could go down the path of Yahweh, which is capital L, capital O-R-D in the Old Testament. But I want to focus on the New Testament and the apostles' use of the word Lord and how it declares that Jesus is our Lord. The Greek word that the New Testament writers use is kurios, which means he's the master, he's the boss, he is the supreme leader in Star Wars terms. He's our king. He's the sovereign one over our life. I want to live my life for my Savior and my Lord, Jesus Christ. Everything I do, I want to bring glory and honor to his name. I'm going to live for the Lord. And you know what? It all comes down to a choice. And we have to choose. If we don't choose, we've already made a choice. Matter of fact, you remember the old band Rush? I forget what song it was, but one of their lyrics says, if you refuse to choose, you've already made a choice. And that is so true. Matter of fact, scripture bears that out as well. We love John 3, 16, where it says that God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then verse 17 that says, Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. But listen to what he says in verse 18. And remember, this is still Jesus speaking. 
Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So it's not a matter of just saying, well, I'm a good person. Jesus said, look, the gospel's here. Christ has come. The sacrifice has been made. And you've got to make a choice. Are you with me or are you not? Have you bowed your knee to me as Lord or have you not? Because if you haven't, then either you or something else in your life, you're allowing to be God instead of Christ. And that just won't do. I'm going to end this with a story that I heard a preacher tell. And this was part of his testimony. And it was part of the story of how he came to the point of surrendering his life to Christ. He said, man, I had, I had a dream. And I was sitting on a fence. And I, on one side were, were all God's people. And you know how dreams are weird. They're kind of hard to explain. Uh, he just said, I don't know how I knew this. I just knew this. On this side was all of God's people. People who had trusted Christ. And on the other side were all the people who had not believed in Christ. And all of a sudden... The devil came and he just took all the people that were not believers away. And God came and took all the people that belonged to him away. And I was sitting there on the fence and all of a sudden the devil came back and he started reaching for me. And I said, wait a minute, man. I don't follow you. I'm so I'm on the fence. And the devil said, uh, you don't get it, man. The fence belongs to me. That's a powerful story because that just underscores this whole idea of there's no fence sitting in the kingdom of God. You've either made a decision for Christ or you belong to the enemy. I just encourage you. I exhort you. Uh, everything I've got in my heart. If you haven't surrendered your life to Christ, do it today, man. Do it today. Turn away from everything in this world. Turn to Jesus and say, Lord, what I mean by doing that is I don't live for anything else. I'm going to live for you. You are my Savior. You are my Lord. I'm putting my hope and my trust and my faith in you. I know you died on the cross for my sins and you rose and you are the king of kings and you're coming back for your people all who have put their trust in you i totally believe that i receive you as my savior and as my lord i want to live for you put your faith in him trust him like that find a good church get baptized like jesus said in the great commission go into the world make disciples baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and paul says when we're baptized we're buried with christ and we rise up and we live this new life that's romans chapter six you can check that out and then live for jesus as a disciple live for the lord greatest decision you'll ever make that's what today's song i'm gonna live for the lord is all about man uh living for jesus this is another one that i recorded back in 2003 in my office my uh, pastor study at the michiana community church of god uh in granger indiana just outside of south bend man love that church love that church uh, if you go back and listen to episode one the story for get real i kind of tell the whole story of how i converted that office in kind of the afternoon hours into a studio and recorded uh, several albums there the opening riff is kind of unique. It's a kind of a dulcimer type of riff. If you've ever played a dulcimer, uh, they usually sit flat, and you play one string, and the other strings ring open. So you get this kind of melody being played over these other strings all in a key, and it, and it works in kind of a cool way. And you'll hear in the beginning of this song, it's got this and it's uh i think the e string the low e string is played open and i'm playing the melody on the a string and uh kind of cool you'll hear it it's all about living for jesus man here it is i'm gonna live for the lord
Thanks so much for hanging out with me on this podcast. I hope you really enjoyed it, and I hope it totally rocked you up for Jesus. As we wrap things up here, let me quickly say, if you dig what I'm doing, man, and you're blessed by the music, the podcast, the teaching videos, etc., and you want to support this ministry, this mission to reach classic metalheads for Jesus, I want to invite you to head over to my Patreon page and learn how your just couple dollars a month will make a huge difference in this ministry. And also about some amazing exclusive benefits that you'll receive in exchange for your support. The link to my Patreon page will be at the very top of the show notes. So head over there, check it out, learn about it, pray about it, and whatever you decide, man, God bless you. And thanks for being part of the Pastor Brad Rocks family, man. Remember to like, share, subscribe, leave comments, all those things. That helps the show to grow. Really appreciate it. Stop by PastorBradRocks.net sometime. Over there, you can learn all about the ministry, the music, get some free uh, music downloads, all kind of cool stuff. Also, if you're interested in following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, best decision you'll ever, ever, ever make promise bar none. You can learn about that over at pastorbradrocks.net as well or leave a comment here. I'll get back with you. Shoot me an email at pastorbrad at AOL.com. Yes, I still use AOL. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with me, man. Until next time, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless you. Pastor Brad, out.